Welcome to What's Next, Cornette Global's podcast channel that puts members on the mic for thought-provoking, profession-shaping conversations and commentary. This is part one of a two-part series on exploring the future of work. Featured in this session are Alan McGinty, Senior Director of the Global Workplace Innovation Group for Cisco Workplace Resources, and Peter Miskovich, Managing Director of JLL Consulting Strategy and Innovation. Good day, everyone. I'm Peter Miskovich from Jones Lang LaSalle. I lead the Strategy Innovation Practice at JLL, and I'm pleased today to be with Alan McGinty, Managing Director of Cisco's Global Workplace Innovation uh, Program and Platform. And we'll be discussing today the future of work, the future of digital transformation, and to get Alan's expertise and perspectives on where the world of work is going. So, Alan, let's begin. Um, first question, how will the future work be organized? And if we think about digital work process transformation, the impact of artificial intelligence, human-to-machine collaboration, uh, digitally augmented cognitive robotic collaborative ecosystems, what are your thoughts and the perspectives of Cisco in terms of how the future of work will be organized? Hi, Peter. Thanks for the question. It's great to be with you here today. Um, that is a great question, and I think we are actually right in the middle of trying to jump that chasm uh, in this tradition, in this transition of how work is actually done. Things are being automated. Things are being simplified. It's about the removal of mundane tasks from people's work lives. Um, you know, with, with cognitive analytics, augmented uh, artificial intelligence, digitization of workflows and uh, robotic tools that are coming to the forefront right now, it's going to dramatically um, enable workers to, be, to drive higher levels of productivity, really break through productivity. And just to give you a couple of examples of that, and, you know, I have the, the luxury and honor of working for Cisco. Um, which is in the business of um, delivering, you know, world-class collaboration technology. So um, we get to dabble in these things. I get to pilot these, these different functions in our workplace environments to use it. You know, our workplace is a living laboratory um, for deployment of tools. So when you think about the massive, massive um, structures of data that we're capturing right now, in these data marts and these data warehouses, all the big data you keep hearing about, um, with all the data scientists and business architects working behind the scenes to try to determine, you know, what is the highest and best use of this data? How can I use this data to inform and simplify our business and decision making? So when you think about taking that data and turning it into cognitive analytics for use by bots, um, imagine this, I mean, right now we've, we're piloting programs where you can walk into a meeting room. You can have a personal bot. It's a personal digital assistant that you can name, that you can invite to meetings, that you can communicate with via IM, that you can send emails to, and that you can verbally communicate in meetings. So if I go to a, a, a meeting, my personal bot, well, let's call him Frederick, uh, will be invited to all of my meetings. So I can be sitting in my room and and communicate uh, during a, through a point device similar to, you know, an Amazon Alexa or a Google Home. So 
type of device, and I can say, you know, Frederick, you know, please, you know, send a copy of this document to all the meeting room participants. Frederick, record the meeting. Frederick, remind me in 15 minutes to call Becky and, and engage her in the meeting. Um, please, you know, set this meeting up for every other Tuesday, um, skipping holidays, you know, for the next six months, the same room, same time. Find me a different meeting room for 20 people. Uh, record the meeting, et cetera. So it frees you up from, from mundane tasks and enhances productivity um, like we've never seen before. Uh, so these are exciting. Other technologies, presence sensing technologies that, that tap into data and, um, you know, define, you know, uh, actions to be taken based on what the data is telling you, you know, in an automated way. So uh, it, we're, we're in a really exciting place right now. Uh, and it's, you know, with IoT and everything else uh, coming down the, the pike here, uh, you know, it, I, I can't even predict what I think uh, the world will be like five years from now. It's, I think it's going to be the, the fastest, most rapid technology transformation that we've ever seen. Alan, thank you. Those are amazing examples. And, you know, we know that Cisco's been a leader, certainly with the Internet of Things and the integrated uh, workplace platforms that you're describing. So in light of all of that, as you look at your corporate real estate uh, function and your provisioning of innovative workplace solutions and portfolio strategies, what's impacting your business and Cisco's business the most? Is it increasing uh, mergers and acquisition, divestiture, volatile business strategies, cost management? Um, the influence of these emerging technologies, and uh, what are your thoughts on headquarters transformation and the streamlining of functions? It would be great to get your perspectives on, on those topics as it relates to your organization and the corporate real estate organization of the future. Sure, and these are all, these are all really, really top of mind um, areas that, that we're, we're focused on, and I think the biggest challenge from, a, from an overall business standpoint is just the accelerating rate of change, the acceleration of technology innovation as the entire world and every company in it tries to digitize their operations, their functionality to simplify and automate and be able to, you know, analyze and, and make decisions on the data that they have. Some of the biggest challenges that we have because of all these changes I think you hit on one, and you know, especially for technology companies um, that are trying to stay in the forefront of innovation, you know, acquisitions are always going to be a significant, significant part of that business model. So being able to, you know, quickly acquire and integrate companies in an effective way that does not, you know, that that maintains the success that that led us to acquire them. Um, without doing damage, right? So um, typically a lot of, you know, upstart software-related firms or companies uh, have very different cultures and operating models, and when you bring them in, you need to be very careful on how you manage that integration to try to, you know, bring them into, the, into your corporate culture without damaging their successful culture uh, that they have. So that's always a challenge. There may be different, uh, you know, with the uh, <clears throat> excuse me, the war for talent that we're facing right now uh, in the tech industry and and getting into many other 
areas, um, employees are, are, are um, you know, they're, they're kind of in a buyer's market. So um, we're having to up our game in terms of, you know, the services and experience that we deliver to employees, the types of, you know, work programs that we can provide benefits packages, um, you know, you name it. So trying to trying to converge, you know, different cultures and different business models into one can sometimes be challenging when you have, you know, for instance, you know, a, a big problem that tech companies face um, out of really out of the, um, the Bay Area and San Francisco or Silicon Valley is that a lot of companies provide things like, you know, free food and daycare and stuff all day long. Um, a lot of other companies don't. So that becomes an, an attractant um, for new talent. So it's hard to work through those experience programs and, and try to have a consistent platform while not creating a, a culture of haves and have-nots. So um, there, there's that. And then you just the, the nature and rate of change um, requires a more and more flexible and liquid real estate portfolio. Um, you know, we, we don't have the, the opportunity anymore to sit back and plan a project for two years and then take 18 months to deliver it. You know, we need to be able to respond very quickly to changing business needs because, you know, it's happening faster and faster every day. So really, you know, staying up with the rate of change, trying to stay ahead of the technology curve, trying to align the business to attract the best talent in the market and to be able to, um, you know, respond with a, with a flexible portfolio. Thank you, Alan. Appreciate those great insights. And that leads very nicely to our, our next question around the future of the digital workforce. And we understand, you know, Cisco's workforce, I believe, is greater than, you know, 70,000 employees globally. Um, it's a very diverse workforce. You have, however, you know, aging baby boomers exiting the workforce, as many organizations today have. But you also have a significant number of Gen X managers, Gen Y millennial, and now Gen Z, you know, digital natives entering the Cisco workforce. And you touched on a little bit of this in terms of how you are addressing that diverse uh, workforce and future digital talent attraction um, model, if you will, but it would be great to hear further um, specifics on how Cisco has orchestrated its workforce for the future and how you as an enabler and an architect of that strategy, how you're dealing with all of these very complex, you know, workforce demands. So very interested in your perspective on, on that front, Alan. Yeah, another thing that's, you know, very top of mind every day uh, in our roles here at Cisco, and uh, it's all about a, a very rapidly evolving and changing workforce uh, all over the world. Um, you talk about the, you know, the age swings, and when you look at, you know, even right now, you know, more than 90% of the workforce being Gen X and millennial uh, focused with, with uh, millennials really, really rapidly um, growing, growing in the workforce. Um, so, you know, you need to listen to what people are telling you. You cannot, in a vacuum, kind of design what you think is a great work environment, a great services platform, 
uh, without really truly understanding uh, what people people want. So, so we we have a very you know comprehensive program of listening, uh, where we engage different groups of employees, and we focus uh, very heavily on on millennials um, and um, new hires. So that we will have focus groups and listening sessions a couple of times a year with several large groups to feedback that <coughs> sorry to feedback that information into our you know design strategy um, and uh, we all know that uh, you know the traditionalists are primarily gone baby boomers are exiting in, in rapid numbers um, Gen X and millennials have have some different needs, but you know, I like to say, you know, what you've heard about millennials over the past five years, most of it is a lie. Um, in my opinion, millennials are really uh, not that much different than than any other. Uh, they like to be in the office. Um, you hear that, you know, millennials don't want to be in the office. They want to be remote. They want everything handed to them. They want to be promoted every year. Uh, we're not seeing that. We're seeing we're seeing millennials want to be in the office, want to build those cohorts, those connections, want to be able to talk with leaders and, and help to um, develop their careers. Um, so that, that's just one perspective there. But, you know, we, we work very hard to understand how our workforce works, how they show up, what they need, what they need in terms of technology, and we, we, every project that we deliver is a little bit better than the last one because we have a continuous delivery feedback loop that shows us what we may not be doing the best way that we can tweak and improve on future projects. We're spending a lot of time now focused on services, uh, the types of employee services that we can deliver to our employees to make their lives easier, to make them more engaged, to make them more productive. Um, we are um, providing, you know, things like like uh, mentoring and um, functional um, job opportunities, stretch assignments. So what we're finding is that what what people really want to be fully engaged is they want a really challenging they want a challenging role where they can come to work every day, use their strengths, know that their team has their back and everyone's focused on a unified vision. That's number one. Then it's, you start getting into compensation and other things like that. When you get to the workplace, it's probably, I don't know, number 12 or 13 on the list. However, well, Alan, thank you for those uh, great insights, and we'll look forward to uh, continuing this, this dialogue and appreciate all the great work that you've uh, accomplished at Cisco. And we thank Cornette for this opportunity to share your wisdom and knowledge with the Cornette audience. Thank you. Thank you, Peter. It's great talking with you. Thank you for tuning in to Cornette Global's What's Next podcast. This concludes the first part of a two-part series on exploring the future of work. Want to record a What's Next podcast of your own? Have an idea or point of view you'd like to share? Visit CornetGlobal.org to learn more.